All right. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of review. We're in John chapter 6. Last week uh, we went through verse 41, I think. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about, do a quick review. I'm going to try to make it through the rest of the chapter today if possible. Um, okay. Jesus returns north to Galilee. Uh, and then he performs two miracles. He feeds 5,000, uses uh, lads five loaves and two fish, and he walks on water to meet the apostles in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, has a dialogue with the Jews in the synagogue uh, at his adult home in Capernaum. Uh, people want to make him king, even though he's, you know, kings are appointed by God, and and people can't, can't anoint kings, and that's not what Jesus came to this earth for anyway. Um, he notes their true, um, their, what they're truly wanting is food and not really, they, they're not understanding him for what he is. He's a, his true identity is, and that is his divinity and his deity. And... Um, so Jesus declares his divinity as well as his humanity. Um, he, he is identified in the, the, uh, the reading last week as the Messiah in verse 14, the Son of Man in verse 27, the Father's seal also in verse 27, and he was sent by the Father in verse 29. And he's the Son of God in verse 32. The giver of life, verse 33, and the bread of life in verse 35. Um, he's rejected by the people. They want more proof, more miracles. So Jesus refuses to give them, refuses to give them more proof, but instead gives them two promises. The two promises are all will be accepted. And whosoever will may come. You know, that's in Revelation 22:17. Uh, we also brought out that this refutes Calvinism, which says that there's a, the principle of predestination in which only certain people will uh, be saved. Uh, all will have eternal life is the other promise that he, that he makes. Um, Jesus basically says that um, if you don't believe him, uh, by contrast, you won't have eternal life, and that's Mark 16, 16. And Brother Mazzalago, if you follow this lesson on his uh, website, he goes ahead and says that eternal life begins when your baptism is completed and, you, and as long as you live faithful unto death. So that's where we got last week, and it is verse 41 that we're going to pick up with. Um, so today we'll be talking in 41 through 59 about a discussion, really an argument Jesus had with the Jews concerning the miracles and other works that they'd seen him perform. And then verses 60 to 71 is a, is a conversation only between Jesus and the apostles. So we'll pick up in verse 41. Therefore the Jews were grumbling about him. Because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. 
so, you know, imagine what they think about this. He calls himself the bread that came down from heaven. So, you know, this is bound to be confusing to them at this point uh, in, in their um, spiritual life, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, so now we see the shift from physical bread that Jesus just provided to the spiritual bread that he can also provide. Um, they were saying, verse 42, is this not, is this not, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? So, you know, many of these people no doubt knew uh, Jesus' parents. They were in Nazareth, uh, Joseph and Mary, and they knew, that, they knew that Joseph was a carpenter, and Jesus, I'm sure, had learned from him. And they say, well, how can he have come to, from heaven when we know his parents, and we, we, knew, we knew who he was growing up, or some of them may have. Um, of course, we know in John 3.13, he said he came down from heaven. He's the only one that had come down from heaven. Um, Jesus answered and said to them in verse 30, 43, Do not grumble among yourselves. So now their disbelief or their confusion has grown into anger. And some argue that Jesus is a man, and others say he's more than a man and must be a prophet. So... Um, Y'all can stop me anyway, anytime you want to, and add to, or ask questions. Or verse forty-four: No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that last day. So you know he's really confusing them now. He says he he knows that they're grumbling and and they're disbelieving and they're not understanding what he says and he even goes so far as to take the authority that on judgment day he's going to either reward or not reward them for what they've done for the, in their lives um, they probably wonder well how is he going to be able to do this isn't he just a, a mere man um, believing means that you accept as true the person, idea, or thing God points, points to through teaching, revelation, or a miracle, or miracles. So, you know, now we, we see that about faith here. Um, faith is not a logical thing. Um, you know, there's only two chapters devoted to uh, the creation of the universe. And yet we believe it. And we believe that it happened just the way that God said it happened in Genesis 1 and 2. But there's a, you know, there's a lot of people who only believe in logic. And they'll take those two chapters and say, well, you know, there was a, this, this big bang theory, big bang thing that happened in between. And it was millions of years and all that thing. Well, that's where faith comes in. Uh, we have to have faith and take it the at, at what it at what he says, and, and similarly we have to take Jesus at what he 
says and he says who he is. And Jesus was trying to point this out to them. Uh, verse 45, it is written in the prophets and they shall be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. In Isaiah 54, 13, it says, All the children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. So this is a fulfillment of that prophecy. Um, no doubt that this saying, having to come to Jesus to learn of the Father, this is very offensive to people today, such as the Muslims, the Buddhists, and other uh, non-Christians, even the Jews that have not been converted, um, we can't, as Christians, accept these other religions as true. These people need to be taught the truth. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the only way to God, according to John 14 and verse 6. Um, not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. You know, if we look back and through the Bible, we know that no one had seen God face to face. And um, Moses in Exodus 33:23, he saw the back of God. You know, between the rock, and he saw he saw uh, uh, the crevice of the rock there. But no one had seen God face to face and lived. But of course, Jesus was part of the Godhead and he had seen God face to face and he's been in his presence. Um, and I think we mentioned earlier, John 3.13 says, no one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. I'm kind of moving a little quickly, but I, I invite anyone to have any questions or comments to feel free to jump right in. Verse 47 to 50. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat it, eat of it, and not die. So we see here that Jesus repeats the promises he had already made previously. Uh, the one who believes in him will have eternal life, number one. Number two, he's the bread of life. Number three, he is superior to Moses in that Moses offered only physical food, but Jesus can offer eternal life. The children of Israel died even though they had eaten the manna and the quail. They still ended up dying. And Jesus' uh, spiritual bread, which he's talking about here, will pro provide eternal life to those who believe and obey. So Jesus is bringing a different approach to, these, uh, to the people he's talking to here and to us. I am the living bread, verse 51, that came out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. 
So imagine their confusion here. He says, you must eat of it, eat of, uh, of his flesh. Um, they must, and Jesus explains that they must uh, eat the bread and hunger and thirst for righteousness, which he said in Matthew 5, 6 as part of the Beatitudes. Of course, this is a prophecy that he will give his life for the world and which he would soon do. Another reference here is the Last Supper with the Apostles and the subsequent institution of the Lord's Supper in the church, and he will see, as we'll see in the book of Acts and also in 1 Corinthians. So these are very uh, difficult concepts for this, these people at this time. Uh, in, in, you know, in retrospect for us, it's a lot different because we understand what he means by all of these things since he... Uh, died on the cross and there was a last supper before it and then he was raised and then the church began and we have the uh, institution of Lord's Supper but there's no doubt that this was very confusing for them and this, this is where he was, the, their faith was coming in. So we see the basic elements of the gospel um, here. First of all, you've got to believe that Jesus is the divine son You've got to trust that his sacrifice will save you, and you've got to obey his teachings or, uh, through baptism and living a faithful life. So those are your base, basic elements of the gospel. Um, so we pick up in verse 52 there. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So... You know, they're no doubt thinking that he's talking about cannibalism or something, or something far uh, out like that. Uh, they're completely missing the point. Uh, but, you know, I guess we could put ourselves in their, in their uh, shoes and ask, what, 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 do you, what would we have thought also? You know, if he said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? We may have been asking the same thing. Verse 53, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. So instead of uh, really uh, understanding this or Jesus going on and explaining exactly what he meant, uh, he's kind of doubled down on this. And they really probably are still thinking he's talking about cannibalism or something, you know, really different, strange there. Um, but Jesus doesn't give up on them. He, he's, he's really testing them and seeing if they will understand what he's talking about. Uh, you know, he's talking about a spiritual indwelling of the Holy Spirit within a person and how a person... Because has a personal relationship with him. And uh, so, you know, this is a very difficult concept for them at this time. Um, verse 54 and 5. He who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. My, for my flesh is true food, and my and my blood is true drink. Um, belief is a must, and we must uh, have a life of devotion 
to Jesus, which is a must for eternal life. So Jesus is kind of using some symbolism of eating his, eating his body and drinking his blood to represent uh, trust and obedience in him. Um, yes, Larry? Yes, I agree with you, Larry. And later on, we're going to see that the apostles, you know, I, we talked about last week how that he was sifting these people. And we'll see how the apostles actually, you know, most of them do believe. And uh, so he will further refine his sifting just to the apostles later on. And they do believe, and for the most part. Uh, it's a kind of a immature uh, belief, but they do believe, and uh, yes, but these they had already seen five five miracles performed just in the book of John, and there's no telling how many miracles actually had been you know performed up to this point, because you know there's many other miracles listed in the first three gospels, and uh, so you know. Right, I, I so agree with you, Larry. That they they should have had some measure of faith to this point. Um, you know, a lot today still uh, <clears throat> want to take uh, uh, several of the scriptures literally, mm -hmm. uh, especially you know Revelation. Oh yeah. That's right, the apocalyptic uh, language there in Revelation. And you can't just take all of that literally. And, and, you know, there's many passages in the Bible that we can't take literally, like, you know, God's uh, 
owns a thousand hills or something, well, that means he owns every hill, you know. So there, you know, there's all these numbers. These numbers mean things, and um, so those are really good points there, and uh, I, I agree. So um, moving on to verses 56 and 7, uh, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I will, I will, I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. So again, Jesus is talking about a lifetime relationship with him, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within a person. And um, he's not talking about um, actual bread or actually talking about his physical body and blood. Um, 58 and 9, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So Jesus, you know, the Old Testament is the mystery concealed. This is the mystery revealed in the New Testament as we've talked about before. Jesus is telling them exactly what he is on earth for. Um, So the two physical expressions of faith are baptism and communion. And we talked about um, uh, how, you know, it's through baptism. And, you know, this is not really, other than John's baptism, it's not really brought out at this point. But this is, uh, you know, in retrospect, talking about this right now, it's going... It's saying that Jesus, we're united with Jesus through baptism, as um, as Romans six three through six talks about in the death, burial, and resurrection, and how it symbolizes uh, symbolized by by baptism, contacting His blood, and um, communion. The other physical expression of faith is a weekly expression of communion in the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection through the uh, Lord's Supper every week and that's in Acts 20 and verse 7 and Brother Mazzalago in his um, in his lesson he talked about how we don't observe all these other religious festivals like Easter and Christmas and Lent and all of that but our most important time of course is our communion with Christ through the Lord's Supper every week and that kind of sets us apart from a lot of these other, a lot of these denominations. Um, lessons that we can glean from uh, this is that you can only know Jesus by faith. Human logic will not do it. Re- human reasoning. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. Uh, faith is the key to spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Uh, genuine faith is expressed by by converts through through repentance and baptism, by Christians through communion. So um, that's uh, that lesson. Brother Mazzalago broke it up into two sections. We're going to try to go ahead and cover the last section of this chapter, 
And it, it's entitled Jesus Knows His Own. So this is a dissertation between the apostles and Christ. And it, it gets a little bit more um, personal, I guess you could say, because Jesus, is, uh, He really wants these apostles to understand what He's talking about here. Um, so we go to verse 60. Therefore, many of the disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? So they, he's, he's really sifting them out here. Uh, there's going to be some of them that's going to leave him now because they just don't understand this. Um, then we go to verses 61 and 2. But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you also to stumble? What then is it if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? So, you know, he's, he's again uh, showing his divinity here and saying that he's going to be going back to where he was, uh, where he came from. Um, 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Jesus is telling him that we're going back to the God-man concept. He is a man with flesh, but his spirit is divine and can give life eternally. Um, you know, it, it, it talks about it. Jesus knows his own sheep, and that's uh, we'll talk about that in, in John chapter 10 later on when we study that. Verse 54. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. So the obvious reference here to the one that would betray him would be Judas Iscariot. And so Jesus is making a prophecy here that Judas will be doing that. So um, again, Jesus is showing his deity by knowing that. Uh, and of course, the book of John was written in the in the 80s or 90s A.D. And John's writing historically, but Jesus is talking prophetically about what's going to happen. Um, you know, later on, this was of course before the before the uh, crucifixion. Um, verse 65, and he was saying. For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. This is not um, anything about predestination or Calvinism or anything like that. This is just saying that Jesus knows his own. You know, God knows his own. And that's, uh, they hear his voice and they come to him. And those people will obey and believe and become Christians. And, and, you know, God knows who's going to and who's not. Uh, it's nothing to do with some people being uh, selected over others. As a result of the many, as many of his disciples withdrew and did not walk with him anymore. So, you know, you can see how this would offend some of these people that were not true believers, they, that the... Uh, that the um, miracles were not making an impression on them to, to get them to convert it or to get them to understand. 
So, you know, they would just walk, they're just walking away here. So Jesus said to the twelve, so he gets specific just with the uh, uh, apostles here. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Um, so now it's the apostles' turn to be sifted. Jesus has just seen a lot of disciples go back to their old lives of being fishermen, farmers, or whatever occupation that they had. So he asked the apostles, uh, are, are y'all next? or Are y'all going to make this foolish choice yourselves and stop following me? Um, so, you know, this is... Um, this is time for the apostles to show if they have believed the miracles and believed in Christ in Him also, for more than just being a man. Uh, verses sixty-eight and nine. Uh, Simon Peter answered him, "Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God." So Peter shows some faith here. Um, you know, Peter was the one who said that Christ was the Son of God, and I think it's Matthew 16, I think, where that was, one place. And he's also stepping up right here and saying, well, where are we going to go? Um, there's no alternative uh, to following Jesus. And there's no hope of salvation, and no other path can be taken. So... At least he understands that. And he's kind of answering for the rest of the apostles here also because nobody speaks up and, and disagrees with Peter there. Um, okay, the apostles remain for two reasons. They have no place to go. Um, where are they going to go? do? Go back and be fishermen and just, and, and just do whatever they were doing. They will have any no no hope of salvation if Jesus truly is the Christ that's coming to the world. Then they're not going to have any hope if they go back. Uh, they believe even if they don't understand, which is the basic essence of faith. Uh, they don't understand what's really happening. They know there's miracles, and they know that those miracles didn't come from Satan or somewhere else. They just know that that that. It had to be from God, and they, even if they don't understand. So verses 70 and 71, Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? So now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. So, uh, you know, Judas is being called out right here uh, long before he actually betrays Christ with a kiss later on in the, um, in the, uh, in the Bible or in, in Jesus' mission there. And um, so at this point, actually, not, you know, there's not, that hasn't been done, but uh, this just shows that Jesus can can you know predict the future he knows what's going to happen to us he knows what's going to happen to everybody so our summary of this lesson of this chapter faith is eter faith equals eternal life disciples equal faith 
In other words, if you're a disciple, you're going to have to have faith. Some will quit. You know, we have people quitting now. We have people quit even um, from church, uh, unfortunately, uh, from who, who just, uh, you know, it's just too, too difficult for them. Uh, the apostles are challenged. Peter confesses his faith. Jesus reveals who the traitor is. So we can take some lessons from this. We can't judge the heart. We don't know men's thoughts, men's desires, but Jesus can. Because you can't fool God. God knows, you know, he knows uh, what you sow is what you reap. And um, so God knows, you know, what people's fruits are. Um, you must eat his flesh and drink his blood uh, for life. Of course, we're talking about baptism and, uh, and also communion there. So that's, uh, that's the end of chapter uh, 6 here. And, um, and I guess we'll leave it at that. Has anybody got any questions or comments? We're about out of time here. I appreciate your your attention and your comments.